Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Today I'm going to talk more about my observe, don't absorb technique. I will be referring to it as ODA. The observe, don't absorb technique has an interesting history. It was invented while I was trying to extricate myself from a relationship with a woman who had borderline personality disorder. It saved me. I couldn't be more happy that my own survival techniques which ultimately turned into techniques that I taught my psychotherapy clients, which then, of course, became YouTube videos and part of my educational program. I'm just so pleased that it helps so many people. Before I tell you about how to use observe, don't absorb on the voices or the narratives or the thinking in your head, let me give you a brief introduction or summary of observe, don't absorb. The technique was created as a result of having no control over a person with borderline personality disorder whose intent was to hurt me because of her feelings, her experience of abandonment. For a person who is in a relationship with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder or who has antisocial personality disorder or other uh, types of people uh, with mental health struggles or mental health disorders where their power and control over others is to involve them into an argument for the purpose of dominating, controlling, and punishing. These type of people are best dealt with when we decide to not enter the domain in which they are the strongest and most equipped to kick our butts. I borrowed George Bernard Shaw's saying, never wrestle with pigs, you'll get dirty, and besides, the pig likes to wrestle. I borrowed it to demonstrate or to illustrate how we shouldn't engage or fight with narcissists, because when we do, they have and always will have the upper edge. They love to fight. They love to wrestle. Analogously, they are the pig wrestlers who have spent their whole life surviving by wrestling. They know every inch of their wrestling ring. And their only chance of beating us up, hurting us, or ultimately controlling us is to get us to respond and fight them. So if you understand that the pig wrestler is going to always kick your butt in the wrestling ring, and that you'll never be good at wrestling because you don't have the background or the motivation to fight dirty and to be duplicitous and dishonest and manipulative, that you're going to lose. And if you recognize 
the concept that I created, a false power syndrome, that when you are triggered to fight, you are filled with, with uh, energy and, uh, and, and anger and, and this feeling of, of focus and strength. It's like your anger makes you not only feel stronger, but it makes you feel invincible and more able to fight. Please trust me that when the narcissist triggers your false power syndrome, and that makes you believe that you can either engage them in an argument, a fight, or even hold your own in a conversation that was designed to pull you into the wrestling ring in order to get more control or reestablish control. Once you understand the futility of fighting in the wrestling ring, the futility of believing you could win, and the result of every wrestling match with the pig, you will know that the only way to keep yourself safe, to get out of a relationship that is smothering you, that is choking you, that is keeping you from ever loving yourself, respecting yourself and taking care of yourself, is you have to find a way to win the fight. And the fight does not involve wrestling. It involves dissociation. Yes, usually the term dissociation is used um, as a clinical description of a disorder in which we, because of trauma, are removed from our feelings, our emotional selves, our affect. With the observed and absorbed technique, it requires a controlled and healthy version of dissociation. And when you are able to keep the narcissist from getting under your skin, triggering you or activating you to want to fight, to want to go running in that wrestling ring and say, you can't do that, or I'm going to do this, you're, you're done, you've lost. So with the understanding that the narcissist, the pig, wants you in a wrestling ring, that when you think you will win, that's part of the problem, the narcissist strength is in triggering you to fight, then you now know that you must figure out a way to dissociate from the normal human emotional experience of someone trying to hurt you. And this is very important to understand, very important, because I don't believe dissociation is a healthy reaction for most people. But to keep yourself safe with a narcissist who has so much control over you. And many of us who identify themselves as codependent or SLDs know very, very well that sometimes there's nowhere to go and you are stuck. So ODA is the very best technique to protect yourself, whether or not there's no escape um, path and you're just stuck where you are for a while, or you need to keep things in control or keep control of yourself so you don't throw yourself into the wrestling ring and get your butt kicked again. So this healthy, controlled dissociation is equal to the term observe. If you know the narcissist or the pig, their strategy is to get you to want to fight, and you know that you fight because you get angry or triggered, that is called absorb. Think about it. 
absorbing is when you let them into your system and you get sick. It's like a poison gets into you and that poison makes you want to do things that are bad for you. It hurts you. So you have to find a way to observe the narcissist or watch him or her try to hurt you. And that is the disassociation part. And to avoid absorbing or getting triggered or activated or let the toxins inside of you. So then you get sick. You know, if you let an allergy, uh, if you're allergic to certain perfumes and you get it on your skin, you're going to break out. If there is a, uh, a flu or a virus out there, if you breathe in the, uh, the virus, you're going to get sick. So when you watch or observe the narcissist and you do everything you can to not let them inside of you absorb, you then are outside of the wrestling ring, outside of where it is dangerous. And you have taken the home field advantage away from the narcissist. You've taken away their power and control. And people who utilize ODA say over and over again, it changed their lives. The purpose of this video is to not go into the details of the observe, don't absorb technique. I have two or three videos on YouTube and I have a 90 minute seminar video, extremely detailed video available at my selfloverecovery.com website. And I highly recommend that. But today I wanna to talk about how to fight back with the voices in your head. Let me tell you what I mean about voices. These are not real voices. These are not a product of mental illness, uh, schizophrenia, or other functions. These are the thoughts, uh, the dialogue you have in your head that you tell yourself. For example, if you are uh, in a relationship with a pathological narcissist and you're an SLD, self-love deficient or codependent, it is likely you have been gaslit or you have been manipulated to believe that there are certain things that are inherently wrong about you, inherently bad, inherently weak, um, inherently just not good enough. And that keeps you from deciding to leave the relationship or it keeps you disabled emotionally because you've lost faith and confidence in yourself, in your ability to get out of the narcissist web and trap and to either find freedom, safety, to eventually start over again. If they can get you to say, no one will love me, I am ugly, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, I'm too short, I'm too tall, I have ADD, I, am, I have depressive disorder, I drink too much. Um, if they can get you to believe there is something wrong with you, that will keep you from being happy outside of the relationship. That is as powerful than them physically beating you up in the wrestling ring. Now I've talked about the phenomenon, identify the voices in your head as the person who originally put them there. And so I will not go into this in this video, but I will summarize it by saying, if you're in therapy or you are getting professional help, it's often important 
to realize that these thoughts that you tell yourself came from somewhere else. And it's important to identify where they came from. And once you identified where they came from, you can then more easily differentiate that this is not you telling yourself that there's something wrong or not good enough, but it's a gaslit narrative that was put in there uh, purposefully by a scheming, manipulative, pathological narcissist. Or it was put there just because of chronic neglect, abuse, and harm by a narcissist or an individual. So now that we recognize there is a physical wrestling ring and there is an emotional wrestling ring, that the emotional wrestling ring comes from thoughts or statements, and those statements come from other people that we eventually identify as our own thoughts emanating from ourselves. For example, if you are very shy and have social anxiety um, and your attempts, and of course, if you're an SLD, you have terrible self-esteem or shame and loneliness and all that other stuff. And you, you have been gaslit to believe that no one will ever like you because you're just too shy and nervous and you are reminded over and over again, or you have been um, tricked into uh, believing it, or you have been gaslit by your narcissist's systematic maneuvers to make you fail in social situations, you will tell yourself, no one likes me. I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm weird. And that will be your voice, your thought. And when you get that thought, and you believe it's from you, then you protect yourself by avoiding others so you don't get disappointed. So that voice really is from another person that you've identified. So here is how the observe, don't absorb technique works with these voices, with the emotional wrestling ring, with the gaslit narratives in your head. It's important that you identify and know who is the aggressor who wants you to fight, who is trying to antagonize you to fight, who knows, who plans on if you fight them, you will naturally lose. So you have to identify the pig wrestler and understand that they win by you getting to the wrestling ring. So with the emotional wrestling ring and the voices, um, the thoughts in your head, it's incumbent upon you or with the help of a therapist to take a look at these self-defeating, negative, uh, demeaning thoughts and find out where they came from because they did not come from you originally. If you're an SLD and have been gaslit, they have been instilled in you. Find that person or people who put those in your head. Actually, once you do that, you'll have less shame because you'll know that you're a victim of this insidious, horrible manipulation, and there's just not you telling you that you're bad. With the voice identified, so it could be your mother or your father or your family or your spouse or just your boss or whoever, then you have to treat the voice and the person who put it in there as the pig wrestler. You have to use the observe, don't absorb techniques. You have to be able to observe the voice. I will never have friends. There's something that's just inherently broken about me. I am not handsome enough. I am not smart enough. The voice you identified is not you. And 
and the intention is if you believe the voice, you are weakened. Then you do observe, don't absorb. You're watching, you know that the voice gains control if you believe it and if you internalize it. That's absorb. You decide to not absorb or be triggered or be activated by the voice. So, in other words, you go to a work function and there is an opportunity to meet someone. And all of a sudden you say, oh, she's never going to like me because I'm just not interesting enough. I'm boring. I'm so anxious. You stop yourself and you look at that statement. She won't like me because I'm boring and not interesting. And you ask yourself, okay, is that my voice? Does, does that come from me? And you identify that it did not. And if you can, identify where it came from. And then with a face of the person or people who put that thought, that emotion, that voice into your head, you can decide you're going to observe that and not absorb it, not believe it, and take it inside. When you observe that voice and understand that it was actually never factual information, that you accept it at face value, you decide to not accept it and not react to it. The lack of reaction keeps you from your fight or flight response, which is you got to do something to protect yourself. And more often than not, the SLD or the codependent will run from the relationship. It keeps you from sabotaging yourself and furthering or perpetuating the self-fulfilling prophecy, which is simply when you believe that something bad is going to happen to you or you're going to do something bad to yourself. Um, for example, you have the thought that no one will like you because you are inherently nerdy and anxious and your worry about that makes you nerdy and anxious or that facilitates or promotes a reaction in a person to like not think you're very interesting or likable. It's the fear and your self-fulfillment of that fear that makes it actually happen. To use the observe, don't absorb technique, it's helpful to come up with what I call defensive fantasy scenarios. As I said before, through my quote of George Bernard Shaw, if you wrestle with pigs, you're always going to get dirty. And besides that, pigs like to wrestle. So if you're going to avoid being pulled into the analogous wrestling ring of your narcissist, you have to understand how to defend yourself. You have to learn how to disconnect or dissociate and to keep from absorbing or letting your emotional manipulative narcissist to get you upset. You have to learn to protect yourself. And this form of dissociation requires these defensive fantasy scenarios. Once I explain some of these to you, it might seem silly, but trust me, they work. For example, the first one, the Kevlar or Teflon suit. So for these fantasy scenarios to work, you have to actually imagine in your mind while you are disconnected or dissociated that you are within this fantasy scenario. So in this one, I want you to imagine 
as the narcissist is trying to pull you into his ring or try to get you upset. I want you to imagine this, that you wear, you are wearing a suit made of Teflon or a suit made of Kevlar, because we know that Teflon, if, if you cook, um, it's, you know, everything slides right off it. And we know that if, um, that Kevlar suits protect police and other people from being um, killed from uh, firearms. They stop a bullet. So let's go with, let's, let's go with the Teflon. So as you're in that moment and the narcissist is screaming at you, yelling at you, um, throwing guilt trips at you, trying to get a reaction and you are observing them, you're disconnected and you're not absorbing them. You're not taking in the toxic influences of that disconnection and getting upset. You are wearing Teflon and every time they say something to you, you can imagine that insult, that guilt trip. It just kind of falls right off you. If you stay connected to that fantasy scenario, you will find that your mind is on your Teflon suit and watching how the insults or the manipulation just slip right off. Trust me, try it. So I want you to imagine that your emotional manipulator, the narcissist, has a syringe and is filled with this drug, you know, what we know as a roofie, and they want to stick you with it because once they stick you with it, you will lose control of yourself, you will become immediately sedated, and you will fall victim to anything that they want. So in your observe mode, you are watching this person find an opportunity to inject you with this, this drug. And so as the observer, not the absorber, because you don't want to absorb this, this, this metaphorical drug, you are watching the person try to inject you. So this is the fantasy scenario. Look for, look, look at those insults, those guilt trips, those comments as attempts to stick you with the syringe. And as you see that, or you picture that in your mind, you can stay disconnected, you can stay in your observe mode, and you can stay safe. And you'll find that you won't get stuck. This one's an easier one. Because if you are a research assistant and you're there to collect data, you know that you don't interact with the subject of the research. Because if you do, you confound the results of the data and you screw up the research. So if you can imagine this defensive fantasy scenario, you are a research assistant and you have been trained in narcissistic personality disorder, or for that matter, borderline or, or, or antisocial personality disorder, you have been trained about that and you're watching your narcissist and your job is to watch and collect data. So in this fantasy scenario, I want you to imagine you are collecting data. Of course, please don't pick up a pad of paper and write down notes because that will only aggravate the narcissist and make it worse. But you are watching him behave as a narcissist that you were trained about in school. And you are logging this imaginary data on your imaginary notepad. You're watching him try to get you mad and you're taking note of the, the traits and the characteristics of a narcissistic personality disorder or the other disorders as I mentioned. This is a perfect defensive strategy uh, to reinforce the observe don't absorb technique because it focuses you on the observation element of ODA. If you are an observer and you 
know that you cannot react you stay the observer because of course you don't want to get your your professor mad at you and start getting mad at the narcissistic subject because now you ruined the research your job is to watch and collect data what you find in this exercise is you find moments of of moments of sense of humor moments where you see the ridiculousness of the narcissist because as someone who is exercising or effectively utilizing ODA, you are watching the narcissist be a narcissist trying to get you mad. And you can't get mad because you're just a research assistant collecting data. So then, what we have is we have the observe, don't absorb technique. Um, again, I want to remind you that the observe, don't absorb technique is complicated and deserves a full explanation. On my YouTube videos, it gets about 10, 15 minutes worth of time. Consider getting the Observe, Don't Absorb video, the 90-minute video at Self Love Recovery Institute. And thank you for just uh, supporting my work all these years. I really appreciate our work together to build better foundations of self-love, whether it's one person at a time or in communities because the more that we love ourselves, the less these narcissists can control and hurt us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.